Welcome to this Mount Pleasant Baptist Church podcast recorded at our Burgoon campus. We're glad you've joined us and we pray that the Lord will speak to you and encourage you through this message. today that we continue in this series of who was Jesus, thank you, I'm going to need that, Um, who was Jesus and that he is our leader. We're going to consider him as leader today. Now around the room, we can see these lovely green shirts with gumption, but you've also noticed a lot of these blue shirts around as well. These are fabulous people. They are our MPK leaders who invest their time into the lives of children. On Sunday mornings, they set up early, they come and they pray as a team and they pray with the children. They spend time with these amazing kids. They pray with them, they read the Bible with them, they consider how we can live lives that point others to Jesus. These leaders guide the kids in fun activities. They walk them through to the other room where we have worship time together and we have stories. We speak into their lives. But above all of that, they are building relationships and leading these kids in faith. Kids need leaders They need their parents, they need teachers, mentors and guides to help them navigate life. But to be honest, we all need that. Maybe your parents still make a lot of decisions for you. Perhaps you have a sports coach who tells you where to be and cheers you on to do your best. You might be influenced by friends and family. Leaders teach us. Even the music that we listen to and the books that we read, they lead and direct our thinking and our understanding of this world. So I wonder, who leads you? Kids, you start off having your parents telling you pretty much everything that you need to do. But as you start to get older, you increasingly make your own decisions. You choose who you'll listen to and whose example you will follow. There can be good leaders and not so good leaders. The Bible tells us that Jesus is a good leader. Jesus is not like the game of Simon Says, shouting instructions for you to follow or you're out of the game. He's not testing your ability to pay attention, to do this, but don't do that. It's not a game. There's no tricks. Jesus is more like following the leader through an obstacle course. You know, yes, he's gone before us and he knows the way to go, but he's also, by the power of his Holy Spirit, right there with us, helping us navigate up those high A-frames. And if we fall, he's there to pick us up. And cheer us on to keep on the course, to keep listening to him and following him, guiding us. Now, when the Bible was written, there were sheep everywhere. Everybody understood what it was like to live with sheep, more so than obstacle courses. So when Jesus explained who he was as a leader, he used the common language and pictures of a shepherd, 
The shepherd is the person who cares for and looks after and leads the sheep to food and water and to be safe. It is their job to take care of the sheep. So Jesus was saying to the people, you are like sheep. People, you are like sheep. And Jesus was saying that the shepherd is like those particular people who lead us. In John chapter 10, he records some of Jesus' teaching about this. And there are three important things that Jesus teaches in the first part of John 10. Just going to touch on them briefly. Jesus actually warns his disciples about true and false shepherds. He says there are actually bad shepherds, leaders that don't love and care for their sheep. They don't love and care for the people they are entrusted to care for. A bit like the Pharisees in John chapter 9 who had a terrible attitude towards Jesus healing somebody from blindness. Some shepherds are spiritually blind and they can't see how important Jesus is. So be careful of those shepherds. The second thing is traditional eastern sheep pens are not like our paddocks in Australia. They are small yards or folds and they have one door. And the shepherd would guard that door. When his flock, that is his group of sheep, were inside, he would actually sleep stretched out in the doorway, the gate. And if any dangers wanted to come in and hurt or steal those sheep, they had to get through the shepherd first. If the sheep wanted to escape during the night, they'd have to climb over the shepherd. He'd probably wake up. In a similar way, Jesus serves as the door between us and God. His perfect sacrifice for our sins allows us access to that relationship with God. In Hebrews 10, 20, Jesus is called the new and living way that leads to God. And Jesus himself says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through me. Jesus is like the shepherd in the doorway. The third thing to know is that there is an enemy, a danger that wants to steal our joy and destroy our relationship with God. Just like there are dangers for sheep, we need to be aware that Satan is our enemy. But Jesus, he is the good shepherd. He comes to bring us life. Now, we actually have a couple of shepherds here today. So I'm gonna ask them to come up with their sheep Come on up on the stage and perhaps you guys can help us understand a little bit more about this shepherds and sheep thing. All right, come on up. You guys follow this shepherd on this side. Oh, you've only got one sheep now. Here they come. Excellent. Come on up. So we're going to read through John chapter 10 and starting at verse 11. And these guys are going to help us act it out as I read. So it starts off saying, I am the good shepherd. So which one, who's the good shepherd? Good shepherd. Could you lead your sheep across the stage over here? Come on, follow. Yeah, they're very complicated sheep. Good job following. Okay, so here's the good shepherd. Now the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Oh, look, there's a a dangerous wolf coming. 
Shepherd, what are you, you going to do? Oh, here he is. He, he protects his sheep, right? He's protecting his sheep from this very scary wolf. He stands between them. Now, there's a hired hand. Who's the hired hand? So you're not a real shepherd. You're just here for the paycheck. All right, what does he do when the wolf comes? The hired hand does not... (laughs) He doesn't own the sheep. When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And those poor sheep, they're so scared. Don't fall off the stage, sheep. That's enough. (laughs) Being terrified. The wolf attacks the flock and they scatter. The man runs away because he's the hired hand, cares nothing for the sheep. All right, scary wolf. You can go and sit back down. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much for helping. You know, it's very interesting that this one shepherd ran away. He didn't own his sheep. He was the hired hand. He was only interested in getting paid his wages. He wasn't really interested in helping the sheep. He ran away in the face of danger. Other shepherds are willing to get hurt to protect their sheep. It can be costly to be a shepherd. The good shepherd, the true shepherd Jesus, is prepared to pay the ultimate price and being sacrificed. It actually cost him his life to protect us. It's truly amazing that Jesus gave up his life for us. What motivates the true shepherd? Why would he do that? Well, we read on. Verse 13 had said, because the hired hand ran away, he cares nothing for the sheep. But we, verse 14 says, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. There's a relationship, an intimacy, a knowing. Verse 15 actually goes on to say that just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for my sheep. There is a focus on relationship between the sheep and their shepherd. He knows them. You guys can let him, you know, pat you on the head and you're like pets to him. He, he knows you so much. But if one of them wanders off, Jesse, thank you. If one of them wanders off, and unfortunately this does happen a lot, the shepherd would go and find them. You go carefully. <laughs> And search for it and find it until he can bring it back to be with the others. Now, in Jesus' time on earth, sheep were raised primarily for their wool, not so much for their roast dinner capacity. Shepherds had usually spent many years looking after the same sheep. And in fact, they were given names, a bit like our pets today. So what kind of names would you give these sheep? That's rosemary, mustard, and peppercorn. Rosemary, mustard, and peppercorn. Interesting. All right, sheep, you can just wander around and eat some grass in this area for a little bit. That's fine. The shepherds, when they were walking, the sheep would follow them. So um, he would walk ahead and keep a watchful eye on them, making sure that they were safe considering any dangers that might be around. In fact, I'm going to get the hired hand to come back. We'll reinstate you. Can come back. These sheep are enjoying the grass around here, let me tell you. Now, these flocks have merged together. And there's a friend of mine, Colin Meadows, and when he was in the Middle East, he met up with some shepherds and said it was amazing how even when sheep came together, when the shepherd called out to them, 
they would follow their shepherd's voice. So let's see if it works today. Can you call out to your sheep? Come on, this way, guys. Come on. All right, and you call out to your sheep and you can go the other way. This way, people. Oh, sheep, sheep, sheep. (laughs) They're sheep. So each group follows their own shepherd. They know his voice and that's what they're listening to and following. They follow their leader because he cares for them and knows them by name. Thank you very much, shepherds and sheep. Well done. You guys can take a seat. Thank you for joining us. Now, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd in both verse 11 and verse 14. William Barclay tells us that there are two Greek words for good, and the one that's used here in these verses is kalos, if I've pronounced it correctly. And it has a much deeper meaning than the English word of good. Kalos implies a quality of winsomeness, beauty, and loveliness. So in addition to the powerful strength and skill of defending his loved flock, the Lord is incredibly winsome and lovely. There is a deep love and care to know his sheep. Jesus also said, I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Jesus is trying once again to communicate to his Jewish audience that while They were God's chosen people. They were not God's only people. God never intended for his love to be exclusively for the Jewish nation. Rather, he meant that the Jews would be a light to all nations. Jesus gave a little glimpse of this worldwide scope of the church. You know, even for us here at Mount Pleasant, it is not... We are not the one and only precious flock of Jesus. There are other groups of people, other churches, believers that Jesus loves. And his desire is that all people will listen to his voice and choose to follow him. Allow him to lead and be their good shepherd. The only way that it is possible for people to have a friendship with God is because of Jesus. He said, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Jesus chose to obey God's command. He makes it abundantly clear that he died for sinners like you and I, willingly. He was not dragged kicking and screaming to his death. He went without complaint and knowingly, just like the shepherds of old, he willingly laid down his life, his holy, perfect and sinless life so that we could be saved and live eternally with him. He is the ultimate good shepherd. This picture of the good shepherd shows us on so many levels how Jesus watches over and protects us every moment, every day. He is altogether lovely and winsome. He knows us and he willingly laid down his life to save us. And he gives us that lavish and generous gift 
of eternal life. So then how do we actually follow Jesus? What does that look like? Well, a man once asked Jesus what was the most important command to follow God's laws, and we read about it in Matthew 22. Essentially, to sum up God's best way to live, Jesus said we are to love God and love people. And Jesus gives us the perfect example of that. Parents, you may have heard of the five love languages. Well, here is my take on how Jesus put love into action. We don't have a record of Jesus saying, I love you, those actual words, but he demonstrated it. He certainly did. So the first one is quality time. Jesus spent time with people, eating, walking with them, being in their homes, sitting in the dust with the lost and the rejected, the lonely and the sick. Jesus spent time with people. He served, he washed the disciples' stinky feet at the Last Supper together. He even said, I have set you an example of how to love others as he was doing that. We see that Jesus cooked fish for breakfast with his disciples. As he healed people, he served them and helped them. Physically, Jesus touched people. He blessed children by placing his hands on their heads, welcoming them. Many times he healed people by touch, including those he considered, or that people considered unclean, like the man with leprosy. Jesus also used words of affirmation. Peter, you are my rock. Mary, you have chosen the better thing to do and listening to me instead of rushing around busy like your sister Martha. And of course, Jesus gave gifts. The gift of food to over 5,000 people. And he ultimately gives us the greatest gift of salvation through his sacrificial death. Giving his life so all that trust in him can have that relationship with God. If Jesus is our leader, we will follow his example, taking the time to listen to the love languages of others and to meet their needs as he did. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, those who followed him as leader, he said, people will know you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. Danny Gokey, one of my favourite singers at the moment, says it in a really simple way in one of his songs. We've got to keep it real simple. Love God, love people. When Jesus is our leader, our good shepherd, we will love God and we will love people. I would love to go into how to love God, but we're out of time, so I'm going to keep moving along. That's for another talk another day. So my question to you is does Jesus lead your life? When Matthew wrote about the birth of Jesus, he used two prophetic passages from the Old Testament. The first part of this verse is from Micah 5.2, and it's about the Messiah who would come to save people. And the second part is about King David, which shows that Jesus is both mighty king and the shepherd like King David, a shepherd and a king, the powerful one who has come to save us. He is a powerful, loving leader who knows you by name and longs to guide you and lead you 
and take care of you. A couple of weeks ago in our early Wednesday morning prayer meeting, the staff were reading through Isaiah 40. And verse 11 is a powerful verse that talks about the mighty sovereign power of God. But then verse 10 really struck me as beautiful. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. How beautiful is that? Those of you that are parents and sometimes you're like, oh, it's all a bit too much. Jesus is there to carry you, to care for you. And he holds us close to his heart. But we also need to be willing to surrender to him, for him to lift you up and carry you. Allow him to take the lead. Psalm 28 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. The Lord is my strength of my people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. I wonder if you have surrendered control to Jesus so that he can carry you. Allowing Jesus to lead each one of us to love God and to love others like him will cost you time, energy, giving up your own plans. It will require you to care for others, to love them with real action. And it's important to keep listening to his call, his voice, his direction. The choice is for each one of us to make. Now, I don't believe that following Jesus is like walking along a really narrow sheep track with a cliff face to fall down on one side and thorn bushes on the other one and this sense of fear that we've got to get it exactly right. I actually believe that following Jesus more looks like a multi-lane freeway. The destination is heaven and eternity with him. And when we are loving God and loving people, we are on the right track. We are going in the right direction. Now we might have different lanes that we're in. People do things differently. People have different careers and different choices. But we're not to compare ourselves with others. We're to fix our eyes on Jesus and follow his example. And if we do detour and go off course, we listen out for his voice and he will bring us back on track. He will cheer us on and keep us going to love the way that he loved. Now, we might not grow the beard like Jesus, but we can imitate him in other ways and to follow him as our leader, the one that he's created you to be. Can I invite you to bow your heads and we're going to pray together. And you might like to echo these words in your heart and mind as I pray. Precious Good Shepherd, I want to hear your voice and to follow you wherever you lead me. In your sheepfold, I find grace and protection and that overflowing love that you give.
Thank you for knowing and calling me by name. Thank you for willingly laying down your life to save me and to allow me to live with you in eternity forever. I can only express my love to you by trying to obey you to the very best that I can. I choose to live, to serve you and please you. Jesus, help each one of us to keep choosing to love you and to love others, to show us your way. Be our leader all of our days. We pray in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. If you would like prayer, please submit a prayer request at mounties.org.au forward slash prayer or send an email to communications at mounties.org.au and one of our team will be in contact. Have a great week.